Hello, hello everyone. Kajay, Kajay, welcome in to every single person here tonight. 24 hours after London, Michael McQuaid here, Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, and last but in no means least, Mark Cockerell. Can I, folks, just first of all, gentlemen, can we get a Duval? Cockerel, Mark, welcome in, my friend. You're here, you've made it. Duval, Duval. Duval, David Duval, who played golf. Jaguars, Jaguars. <laughs> Duval. No, no, for me, it's about the Dolphins today. <laughs> welcome in, boys. How are we doing? Good? Very good. Yeah, feeling good. Great weekend. We, we heard oh. Duval enough yesterday, Michael, so don't, don't yeah. need to hear it again, mate. He's a good golfer, yeah. isn't he? He was. He was back golfer. in the day. Won the British Open, I believe, uh, Michael. He used Sorry, to be the world number one, Brian, <laughs> actually. Yeah, one we can get into that. I think he won my seven shots in, what year? It was and, I remember watching him win after a Dublin, Dublin Leinster final in Fairview. Another Leinster final, which Dublin won. Wouldn't be hard. Okay. Okay. So we went from Churchill to Dublin in a Leinster final in 24 hours. <laughs> hey, first off... Thanks to everybody that watched uh, the show yesterday from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I was Richard Gray, Stevie Schachter. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, if you check out our pinned tweet, you have the chance of winning a gaming chair, NFL Game Pass, and something else, which I've literally forgot about. Thanks to Trust Gaming. Check out the pinned tweet for more details. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Obviously, the Irish NFL show presented by headset, Trust headset, Gaming. Headset as well. Headset. I'll need yeah. one after tonight. Um, Sponsored by Trust Gaming and also Matchbook Betting Exchange. Monday Night Football coming up. Uh, lads, welcome in. Obviously, a great day yesterday. Everyone got home safe and sound in one piece anyway. Colm, uh, I'll start with you, man. Uh, a memorable, memorable fortnight in London town. Yeah, great couple of weeks. And um, I think the the atmosphere in the, the stadium in particular yesterday um was really good it, it kind of became uh, a real uh, american football stadium uh particularly in those third and fourth quarters uh when it tightened up and uh you know both teams obviously with opportunities to to win and we had the the live show on saturday night as well great uh core contingent and uh, people from all over the uh, the island and our our two scottish friends uh, as well so yeah re- really really great uh fortnight um and uh, this weekend uh, in particular that live show is a highlight yeah brian great great to have phoebe and richard on yeah yesterday morning show was was really good we've had two great weekends in terms of shows on the rooftop there at the stage i mean everybody who we spoke to over throughout the boat weekends were blown away by how impressive the setup was and how we were fortunate enough to get the, those facilities it was really good and the show itself was was really good and engaging and it was great to have guests on both weekends because let's not forget last weekend we had the orlando on from atlanta and he was really uh, he was a joy to be with because he's he's a very very shrewd operator as we as we discussed at the weekend and for the game itself as a neutral despite what mark may have taught yesterday because mark kept reminding me that i'm not supposed to be uh, applauding plays in the media box but, <laughs> but <laughs> look if you see a good play you're going to clap it and uh but no as a neutral to be there at the end it was you know to see how the game finished and the atmosphere and having been to quite a few games throughout the years in the as part of this nfl UK games in London, whether it was at Wembley and having been there a couple of years ago, 
that was probably the best atmosphere for the game I've experienced over there. And it was a fitting end, whether it was the Dolphins kicking it late or or the Jags, it was fitting end to it, which I felt was actually quite a good game. I I completely agree with you. Mark, uh, obviously good to have you over as well yesterday um, after last week. And just a great, great weekend. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great weekend. Uh, great game as well. Like, I mean, you're going to make an argument that it was possibly the best game out of 30 we've seen at London. Um, there's been a couple of good games, but this one stood out. I think as Brian alluded to, it stood out more for the atmosphere and the excitement in the fourth quarter. Like, the place was buzzing. Everyone was on their feet for the last-minute field goal. The Jags getting the stop, and they run down the end zone. And because it, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, you're a bit close to the crowd, they were jumping up and high-fiving, um, you know, fans in the end zone and things like that. Um and that was that was a lot more alive. <laughs> I've just seen uh, Fred's question. Um, uh, don't know, Fred. Didn't try one, I'm afraid to say. But we'll, we'll check it out next time. I mean, look, there there are some um, <laughs> there were some amazing plays as well. It is really worth calling out uh, for anybody obviously watching it, but watching it live. Trevor Lawrence's throw on the 28 yarder uh, at the end of the first half was a joy to behold. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, how he kicked off with Agnew. Uh, 29-yarder at the start of the third quarter, and James Robinson's angry run set up their second touchdown there was fantastic. And Tua, you know, was was great in times. Like the 91-yard drive, the first drive of the game, he was great at times. And there was times he looked like the rookie with happy feet and, and dangerous things. I mean, in fact, if you told me that Trevor Lawrence was the sophomore and Tua was the rookie, I would have believed you every day of the week uh, and that's mm. a bit of a concern but look you know we'll get on to like some of the stuff that the guys came out with the post game i'm sure um fair play to the jags obviously breaking their duck and as we called out beforehand we actually tweeted out hey look at the kickers warming up and hey practice squad kick has been uh, elevated for uh, the jags and promptly puts away a couple of 50 yarders so uh you know great great weekend great game and great seller games, which we ended up then catching up on rapidly on Red Zone and on the ways back home at various different times. I just, before I make a quick point on Urban Meyer, I just I know Fred is concerned about our eating habits throughout the weekend. Um, but I was blown smoke for our part. You know what? We were fortunate to be well looked after yesterday in Tottenham because obviously we were in the media area. So we weren't eating any, uh, what did he call it? Cheese, cheese sandwiches or anything? Going to put that marker, Michael? Michael. What was the note? Uh, I think it was like a chilli hot dog. Chilli hot dog. We, we, we were fortunate to have, I think, a nice, was a nice ham and a bit of mash and a halftime treat as well. So, no. Gammon. Yeah. What I've learned about going away with Mark Cochran is I'll never go home hungry. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've certainly learned this weekend. Orban did you always get the train? You got the train okay? Yeah. Oh, we did, yeah. 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 Orban Moyer, um, just a quick one. Um I don't know if this is a trend in the NFL. I've seen it a lot of times. When a team wins their first game of the year, the, the coach comes in with the match ball and he declares the match ball to whoever he believes is the, the match, the man, the match, or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, it would have went to Trevor Lawrence. But by the time he came in after the press conference, the players had already decided who was getting the match ball and Trevor Lawrence had already been given the ball. And then he was left doing what's come out today as a very cringeworthy uh, inter or speech to the team afterwards and by all accounts the coverage is there go and look at it half the players were sitting there on their phones not even listening to them <laughs> they might have got a win <laughs> they might have got a win but all is in rosy just yeah we've got a few videos to show just from our time yesterday 
Uh, they took too long to edit, so I'm going to play them, boys. I'm sorry. But we got we, we got a few questions. And I have to say, before we put them on, I walked down the tunnel. I was like one of the first people in the, in the room after sort of sprinted down after the field goal. And uh, the atmosphere from the Jags, boys, was nuts. There was guys literally shouting, Duval. So, you know, hopefully by now we all know what that you, is. You thought you were coming into them, Michael. I tried. I couldn't get in. Um, <laughs> but yeah. so it's a Belgian beer as well, Michael Duval. It's a nice, nice, nice up, yeah. Right, here is the winning field goal from when, from where we were sitting. I'm sure you boys have seen this, but this is from where we were sitting. No. Yes, uh, you want to see our reaction yesterday. Very, very brief. Here we go. I keep so Brian. Oh, Michael, you are. Yeah. Was your was your finger stuck at the button there? <laughs> uh, it was. It was a wee bit. Now look, if it helps, I'm gonna make an idiot out of myself now because I asked Urban Meyer a question and God help him, the man genuinely had no idea who I was or what I was saying. Coach, you've enjoyed some fantastic crowds in college football. What were the fans like in the UK and Europe and Tottenham Hotspur today? I'm sorry. How did you enjoy the fans? <laughs> the fans? Yeah. Oh, the the atmosphere. I couldn't exactly understand who their chairs were tonight. So I saw all the, like I see here, all the different uniforms. But this is, uh, this is, uh, I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. This is a and, and thank you to the, the people and the fans, the setting, and our hosts at the, the Grove. I'm never going to forget that again in my life. That was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. And uh, yeah, I think he's thinking the same thing as well. Now. <laughs> no, yeah, he's not anything else to be embarrassed about, Brian. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'd, I'd say that's the, the least of it. The what do you, what people mightn't realize, just he, what he referred to. You see him point in the in the video. There were uh, there was a guy in a Nick Bosa jersey and uh, I, one of the Bucks, I think, in front of us. So that's what he was referring to. Was the fact that yes, even, even in the press room, there were people in all of the jerseys. We saw all thirty two. Uh, jerseys and from every every era, every vintage on show yesterday. Colin, that would have Mark been a good Collins. moment. Sorry, Mike, that would have been a good moment for you, Colin, to stand up and say, sure, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Colin gets his question in for big for Big Trevor in two seconds. Mark Cockerell getting the big question in for two after the game yesterday, man. I felt like a proud father watching this earlier on. First, it's your first game in London. Obviously, the end result isn't what you would have desired, but now you're at the end of it. Any thoughts on the experience? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really nice place. Um, we stayed stayed on a golf course. And, I mean, it's okay. You know, the golf course is it's pretty big. Uh, there, there's really not much water and trees. So you can slice it or hook it. And, you know, it'll pretty much be on the fairway. So it's from, from my day. I'm not yeah, the big answers, Mark. Sorry, Mike. when I was recording that, I was saying, 
what is this man talking about? Just watched the game when he's, you know, played really well in the fourth quarter, went missing for two quarters, came back with a 91-yard drive, and then he starts talking to Mark Cochran about golf courses. Okay. I, I, must, I must admit, like, straight off that, I was reflecting on the same point. It's like, you know, how will Dolphins fans react to two kind of talking about, yeah, I had a great time in London. I played a bit of golf and I didn't, you know, get off the fairway. You know, I didn't go wrong on the fairway because it was so generous. And then I thought, if they are, and I have seen a couple of Dolphins comment sites because obviously they watch all of the post-game presses and they've picked up on that a little bit. And I was like, it's a bit unfair. The guy's there just trying to give a bit of personality and a bit of an answer to, I mean, let's face it, it's a bit of a softball question that I was asking about, how'd you find London? Um, and we give out about these athletes when they don't show any personality, but if they do show a bit of a viewpoint and an approach, then we can't give them crap that way either. So, I don't know, it's six or one half times the other. He was, he was actually, I mean, all the other answers, I mean, as you can imagine, he was pretty downcast and pretty depressed about the whole thing. Um, and did quite, talk quite quite eloquently about, you know, didn't want to dwell on the positives, didn't want to dwell on the good plays he'd made because ultimately they didn't win. And uh, Jalen Waddle, who brought in a brace of touchdowns for Brian, was similarly uh, of that mindset. Yeah, I was going to go up to him and show me receipt. <laughs> I don't think he would have cared. What about Derek Duval? Only feels on horses, Mark. <laughs> the funniest thing from that whole Duval thing is yesterday, if you actually zoom in on the video, Mark's going... Duval, and in the background, all all there is is Duval. Yeah, That's yeah. the funniest thing in all of it, right? Um, cast your mind back to April when we done this like sort of half edited show. Trevor Lawrence goes first. Suddenly it's October. The majestic Herman is there, and Colin Cronin manages to get a question from the number one draft pick. And experience here in the Spurs Stadium. Oh, it was unbelievable! All the fans. I mean, it was packed. I haven't seen. A stadium that packed since before COVID, so it was really, it was really cool. The fans were super engaged. Um, it was just, it was a really cool experience, something I've never been a part of. So, I, you know, I'm excited. I love that we, you know, the Jags play this game at least one every year. So I'm excited to come back, and the fans were awesome. So thank you guys, all the Jags fans, all the football, American football fans in London. Appreciate y'all. That was in Sky Sports this morning. So well done. Well done, Bra bravo, bravo. Well, well done, to Trevor. Trevor Lawrence, who look unsurprisingly the number one overall pick, looks the real deal. He looks like a really serious QB. If they give him a tight end um, next next year, uh, he will he'll be uh, you know utterly fantastic. By by week seventeen of this year, he's going to look amazing. Um, but I think for fans over here, the interesting thing is hearing him say he's excited about coming back. Every uh, every year, I think that's uh, a pretty good sign for for us that he'll be on this side of the the Atlantic uh, because he's undoubtedly going to be, um, you know, uh, vying with uh, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes uh, over the uh, the next uh, decade or so. Mark, I know you have a point to make. I just want to make a quick one. Do you know when we were divvying, divvying up the teams yesterday in terms of who's going to what? Um press conference afterwards. To be honest, the only reason I was happy to go to the Dolphins was it was literally only a minute walk from from the uh, where we were sitting. So I didn't, and you were saying, I oh, will go over to the Jags. It's over to the other side of the stage. And I went, yeah, off you go. And in fact, if I had been doing the Jags, I actually brought me notes from when we did the, the live show, the draft. I was going to put them up for, for Trevor and say, I knew back then you were going to be the number one picture. Look at the scouting report I had for you. We're, Brian, we're never going to be allowed to talk to the Jags because Michael wouldn't let me go near over Meyer. Uh, for <laughs> like, uh, 
But but in, in all seriousness, actually, two very quick things. Number one, Trevor Lawrence, again, pre-game, he did his warm-ups. And as he's going back into the tunnel, he stood for a good five, eight minutes signing anything and everything the fans were hanging over the radar, uh, the railings for him to sign. I mean, that is the franchise quarterback. That is the face of the franchise, you know, doing the bit, uh, small as it is, effectively, to connect with the fans. And he was doing that all week long. Um, he also, as he alluded to, had the... The Tennessee call, the laid-back attitude in the pocket, He nothing really seemed to phase him too much and obviously a couple of nice escapes. But on a serious note, Michael, because I know people are raising this point a little bit now, you know, Urban Meyer was 0-5 uh, going into the game. We were talking about his, you know, tenure effectively. The Dolphins beat reporters and the approach they were taking to Brian Flores, who, of course, now is presiding over the 1-5 and five Miami Dolphins, mm was pretty, um, I don't want to say vicious, but strong, shall we say. And uh, Flores manned up and was like, hey, this is on me. I've got to coach the team better. I've got to do better. But his position may be regarded as more uh, tenuous at this moment in time in the, in the season. He walked past us in the airport last night. He looked a very lost soul. Imagine you're hours, like, thousands of miles from home. You're in Stansted Airport. You look to your left. And Brian O'Leary and Mark Hawker are going, how are you getting on there, my uh, Brian? You all right? Well, um, we were, we the only person who looked more harassed than Brian Flores was Dan Marino, in fairness. Yeah. So that was the only was he there last night? Yeah. Yeah, he was there going through the airport yeah. last night. And he, he didn't want to look or talk at any, <laughs> to anybody. Kept the head down. So avoid any contact whatsoever. He was. He had no interest in speaking to or getting any photographs from anybody. He was down the ramp as quick as, quick as you could get them. The only international flight from Stansted. There are no international flights from Stansted, so the Dolphins are special. Before we move on, we're, we're going to look at just the rest of the games from Australia as much as we can in the next 40 minutes. Mark, can we get a Duval before we move on? No, no, Michael. Okay. No. Right. okay. Well, Mark will want to give us a Duval in two seconds because the Dallas Cowboys beat the New England Patriots 35 to 29 last night. Colin, mate, a fantastic result for the Cowboys. Cowboys move. Five and one. And we spoke to Richard Greaves yesterday. They're looking good. Yeah, like we've said it before, good teams find a way to win, and, and that's what the Cowboys had to do. Um, I think what that game helps to highlight is the way in which um, the game is constantly evolving. Uh, Dak uh, put up the most um, yards against a, a Bill Belichick defense um that he's that has ever happened but that's just an example that the rules you know favor the, the offense um and you have to have a, a qb who who can do it all now it's as, it's as simple as that and and in fairness um belichick came up with uh, some great plans i've seen him talk uh, a little bit earlier on today about you know why they moved away from certain things they just they ran out of uh, certain plays to to run um but I look, I, I think what also stood out was I thought Mac Jones responded really well. I think, you know, he's he's faced a, a, a lot of criticism, but throwing that pick, being able to shake it off straight away. Um, and I, I saw Dak Prescott talk about that immediately afterwards. Like you gotta have the ability to overcome um throwing a, a pick a pick six like that and moving moving straight on like it didn't happen just go out and do it again so you know positive signs uh for the the patriots um they're still growing and and, and with that rookie qb but look we've said it the cowboys um you know they are they're a serious uh contender 
and uh, Diggs continues to get picks. And there's two, I suppose there's two points I want to make. One is where I felt it was a turning point in the game. The, the Patriots scored a touchdown and we're going 21-7 up and it was called back on a hold. And we've seen time and time in the NFL, the next play tends to be a disastrous play. And what happens, strip sack, Cowboys recover and the game to a certain extent changes there. If that goes in 21-7, who knows? But if you just see time and time again, they go with an aggressive play on the, on the one thereafter. They should have maybe went a little bit conservative there, gone for the run, settled things down. But unfortunately, it wasn't the big. And myself and Mark were, were watching this game, traveling back last night, and it was evident that they, like the Cowboys were on the field for 40 minutes of the game. Sorry, the, the Patriots' defense was on the field for 40 minutes of the game. So when it went to overtime or towards the back end of the game, there was like four lead changes or something like that in the fourth quarter. And there was a third and 24 when the Patriots were, lead, were leading it towards the end. And they gave up 23 yards, and I think they got it on the next yard. Or they, gave, they got enough in terms to go for that field goal. And going into overtime, I just felt having been on the field for so much of the game, it was inevitable if the Cowboys got the ball that the Patriots' defence was gassed. And then I just want to make a point to Dan Quinn because we've been critical of him after his time in Atlanta. What, from what, reading Cowboy stuff, because I've, I've gone and done it for my sins, what they're saying is he's not coming in. He's, he seems to have changed the model in which he works off from a defensive scheme. He worked on the Pete Carroll scheme, which is this is the scheme players need to fit into it. What it seems to have done now is he's, got, he's revolved and he's actually gone... I'm going to fit a scheme around the players that I've got on this defense. Randy Gregory is having a great season. Who has had for a long time had troubles with the NFL. He struggled. He seems to be coming back, re-energizing. Obviously, we talked about Diggs. So I won't talk about him again because I keep making fool myself every time I make a point about him because he keeps going doing things that annoy me every week. So, but look, it was a great win for the Cowboys because I felt it was one for the Pages. I think the Pages had it there and it just didn't work out. And similar enough to the Bucks game in a way that I don't. The Pages are two and four, and they could easily be four and two. I, I thought Brian was about to say Diggs got burned for 75 yards on the next play. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, they're blaming the safety that came across on that play, would you believe? Well, it was around the corner, let him go. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. The, the point for me was, and Brian's right, we were on the plane and I'm looking at the second quarter and seeing how long the sustain, and sustain the Cowboys drives were. And our defense is, is going to be mess in the fourth quarter. They cannot maintain it. And let's be fair... Brian's right to call out the hold, um, the call back, the touchdown that would have been for Jacoby Myers. But in very many ways, the Cowboys let the Patriots hang around in that game. They had an interception in the end zone. They had a fumble, which went into the end zone that the Patriots recovered. I mean, there's two surefire point situations that came off. Dak had no problem continuing to move the ball, whether it was third and 14 and then going for it, third and 11, first and 20 with holding penalties. The Pats just couldn't get off the field. And yes, watching it, there was a beautiful moment where I thought this is going to be like the Ravens game last year. Everyone's written off the Patriots and the big game, they're going to put it through and it's going to be fantastic and glorious. And and hang on a second, if if we go to three and three, is there still a chance in the division? And can the Titans beat the Bills? You know, I was basically doing what Brian O'Leary does for the Giants every season. But um, ultimately, they were found wanting. Um, the Cowboys were deserved winners. But the momentum and the excitement of Mac Jones bouncing back and throwing that 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 touchdown, obviously, Gillette was rocking. Great to see, and uh, hopefully, can only build for the future. Thanks to Ron for your very fine comment on Twitter. Ron, thank you very much for watching and interacting with the show. We're going to look at the Ravens very quickly. Thirty-four to six winners against the Chargers. I didn't see that coming, lads. Call them uh, a day to forget for the Chargers. 
Yeah, um, ah, just did not nothing seemed to to work for for them um, in any in any way, shape, or form. Um, they may as well have uh, not got off the the plane. It just uh, a bad a bad day um, for for Brandon's daily. He hasn't had many of them thus far. Justin Herbert hasn't had many of them either. But it was all about the the Ravens uh, yesterday. Um, Lamar Jackson um, now uh, takes over from Dan Marino uh, with the the most wins by uh, QB before their twenty uh, fifth birthday. Um, and for the Ravens, a beat up Ravens team. Um, they've now beaten the the Chiefs and the Chargers. So um, you know they they look. What what can you say? Harbaugh is doing a fantastic job, and um, at at week six, at this point, you would say um, that the front runners for MVP are Kyler Murray and uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, you know a few a few others uh, there. Tom Brady will be there or thereabouts. Um, but it's the fact that I suppose Murray and, and Jackson uh, can do it all. Um, the, Ra- the Ravens have just been really, really impressive to come back uh, like they did against the Colts and then to put that sort of beat down. I mean, thought, I thought it would be one of the games of the day yesterday. No, it was it was all it was all over very early. Um, kudos to the Ravens. It was all over very early because Martindale, the defensive coordinator, put a great scheme together and Herbert didn't really have a day. In fact, Herbert, he was like 22 for 23 with one touchdown and you know, that's average for a, for a quarterback. But the way he's been playing so far this season and their run game, which was quite you know explosive over the past few weeks for Eckler, never got going. In fact, Herbert was the highest rusher for 12 yards on, on two runs throughout the game. So it just goes, shows how, they, how much they shut him down. Three rushing touchdowns from the Ravens. I mean, right now you could argue that probably they could be the best team in the AFC. I know they're beating what we, what most people, maybe yourselves, felt were the best team yesterday in the Chargers, but they were so dominant. It was just, you know, it's a big win for them. Man. I mean, look, we've we've praised the Chargers and we've called out some great wins and great performances they've done. This was like the Chargers of old, complete duck egg. They, oh goose egg, whatever you want to say, they did not show up. Um, Brian's right to give credit to the Ravens for the defensive scheme. Um, and performance you know their secondary for me was still a question of course with the injuries they've suffered um, that's to be expected somewhat but they showed up they really established themselves and you know again that could be important for uh, seeding later in the season again of course Um, and Mike Williams who like we discussed on the show yesterday has come out and come out I suppose he's the number one before yesterday's game he was the number one wide receiver in the league you know, and Solibel, Keenan Allen, but yesterday he was shut down for two for 27, and one of them was a 26-yarder. So he actually only got one yard thereafter. Like they shut him down, they shut Keenan Allen down, and just nothing went right for the Chargers. But look, the Chargers will be fine. They'll rebound off this. I think they'll rebound as well. I was completely wrong. I thought that it would be a shootout, or I thought the Chargers would win. Um, I got into my hotel and seen the score and was like, oh, my God, like completely the opposite of what was going to happen. Goose egg, Mark? Not sure. I haven't. Goose egg is another terminology for zero. I shouldn't have said duck egg. Goose egg would have been more appropriate. Not I mean, they did get six points, but it might as well have been compared to how their offense has normally performed. As opposed and to your scotch egg. Uh, shout out to Munzee watching the show. Shout out to Irish Titans, who hopefully none of us are going to let down later on in the show when we make uh, our picks ahead of Monday Night Football. Um, we'll do that in a wee while. Uh, the, uh, one that one thing that I got wrong yesterday, I said the Packers might go like minus fourteen. They didn't. Four, Twenty four fourteen winners. 
But the biggest storyline of that game, Colin, seems to be Aaron Rodgers taunting the crowd and finding a way now to to not get a penalty or, or not get a flag. And genius from a man that uh, continually just finds ways to, to really bang on social media. Um, well, yeah, look, well, he, Michael, he is. I mean, the, the guy is, uh, is a superstar and the Packers, um, I, you know, he, he had, look, the way this summer played out, um, what didn't look good for anybody, but the, the reality is, um, I'm talked about in the live show, other QBs have so much input into the decisions. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, got, just got fed up with, um, I suppose, Brady ha- see, getting that year one um, and see, hearing about others. The uh, Look, the, the IONU stuff has already led to, uh, you know, various memes on uh, Wikipedia and, and whatnot. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is 6-0 against rookie QBs in the NFC North. Um, he loves playing at Soldier Field. Is that ten of the last eleven he's uh, he's won there there now? Um, I imagine he uh, he wishes he could probably play NFC North opponents um, all, all, almost every week. But the Packers are going to to the playoffs. Where how deep they can go will be will be interesting. But they've got a two headed monster at, at running back, not quite in the the Cleveland uh, level or the Cowboys level. But they have they have weapons to to come at you. Um, kind of secondary, obviously, a concern. Um, the the other thing about this definitely need to keep the uh, free the Chicago one uh, campaign going because Adam Robinson just uh, and look that's rookie QBs. Um, but like at times yesterday, just running down the field, waving, almost doing jumping jacks. He was so open, but uh, feels just not able to to find him. See, the talk today is all about Rogers' outspoken comments after he runs in the touchdown. I think a part of that was he was slightly frustrated with how his game went yesterday because he only threw for 159 yards. But for me, the key part of the game was the Bears seemed to do reasonably well on defense in terms of holding them, holding them up. But in the end, they gave up three, three, they're in the red zone four times and they gave up three touchdowns. And yeah, you're right, he does own them to a certain extent, you know, 10 of the last 11. Um, whether you should have said it or not, look, you're in the middle of a game and you just got a touchdown. Emotions are running high. I thought it was funny. I, I thought it was hilarious. Well, the Bears fans are making a real big deal of it today. I mean, if you, like, we've seen a few comments on from Bears fans in the States and in Ireland, and they're not too best pleased with what happened. But it is what it is. We've seen it before. It's a bit of crack. It's a bit of crack at the end of the day, boys. Well, I mean, sure, Justin Fields is class. I was going to say, if the Bears fans want to make a big deal about it, just win the game. Beat Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Like, it's that simple, guys, in many fa- in regards. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a bit of much ado about nothing. I mean, he said in the press conference, said, I looked up, saw some woman giving me the double bird and just stuff came out of my mouth. I don't even know what I what I said. I mean, he's in a hostile environment. You know, I, I've criticized Aaron Rodgers for some of his activity. I'm definitely not going to go skip Bayless because Skip's giving out about him being a oh, diva shit. today and things like this. I said, no, I mean, he deserves the entitlement to ha- express his, his uh, opinion in relation to it. And he's not wrong. This is the point. Um, you know, funny enough, Colin, though, one thing I mean, you said about the two-headed uh, running monster, I mean, the Browns don't have that anymore. And I know we'll get on to them, but Kareem Hunt going down is a massive injury there. Um, already with Nick Chubb obviously out of the game this week. So, um, you know, every week in the NFL shifts the dynamic ever so slightly in, you know, various mysterious ways. Um, you know, the Bears had their shot to get level with the Packers. 
they didn't really do enough. Their defense did, their offense certainly didn't yet again. So um Packers deservedly go on. They'll be up there in terms of seeding. They'll be looking over the shoulder. And, and who's to think? Remember week one. Is it an overreaction about that Saints performance, which was pathetic? You know, we went, yeah, probably is. They're going to be fine. Sure enough, five wins later, they're, you know, back into normal operating procedure. And um, so America's been a little, sorry, Michael, Mark's been a, bit, a little bit more user-friendly towards Rodgers tonight because we let you, he let you lads in on a little secret. Me and Mark had a bit of a dabble on a couple of handicaps on the way home. And the Packers was the last one we were waiting on at, at minus six. So obviously, you know, when they're, when they're only winning by a couple of points, there's a bit of effing, effing and blinding going on. So when you ran that touchdown in, you know, Mark had a big smile on his face. Just, just on the, the shutting people up, um, and if the Bears are really upset about it, do what the Packers did. Tw- 2003, Matt Castle, uh, we're, we want the ball because we're going to score. The Packers shut him up and shut the Seahawks up. That's how you go about it. And they've got uh, they've got 10 more weeks to do that. They can go 10-0 and, and win the division. The, go Bears go to, the Bears go to the Bucks on Sunday. Well, no, no. to be fair now, if they're, if they're fired up after that, they can go and beat Tom Brady when they've got a decent defense in Justin Fields. They beat him last year, um, so who knows? Yeah, you never know. You never know. Uh, you can retweet the episode tonight for a chance. I did not realize that you can see my head in, in, in that there, <laughs> by the way, lads. Uh, you can retweet for a chance to win a gaming chair, NFL Game Pass, and gaming headset from gamerstore.e and Trust Gaming. That closes on October the 30th. We're going to look ahead now to or look back on the Cardinals beating the Browns 37 to 14. For me, boys, obviously the Cardinals going 6 0. But seeing what I've seen before I fell asleep, and then obviously watching the highlights this morning, that defense is class. Baker Mayfield could only really do so much. And Colin, a lot of Browns fans disappointed after last night. I think they really thought they had a chance coming back into it a little bit, but then Arizona pull away and they just look really good. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, the, the Browns had a lot of injuries, but the cards, obviously, without, with Vance Joseph as your, your head coach, uh, with Murray without his play caller, without his uh, starting centre, um, they, they still were, were great. I uh, thought J.J. Watt had a fantastic game, and um, his, his comments afterwards uh, were, were quite telling as well. No, no excuses, it doesn't matter who's out, you just go, go and win. Um, the the cars started six and zero, oh, um, which apparently is the first time for them since seventy four. Um, there have been forty teams that have started six and zero oh since nineteen ninety, and uh, thirty eight of them have gone on to um to get to the playoffs. The uh they usually average uh, finish at thirteen and three. Uh, I thought we were going to do live commentary there of uh, of Mark eating his uh, his pizza. Um, a long 24 hours but for the for the for the for the browns short week now um obviously huge number of uh, of injuries um uh, jok is gonna is going to ir potentially hunt probably going to to ir um the only good news for them is they're going to be playing vic fangio's denver broncos on thursday hunt's gone for three weeks and they've got a quarterback that has a dislocated shoulder, but he's going to play through it. When that contract comes up, when it comes up, it's on the way. This Browns thing is going to end in a disaster because Mayfield is just not the answer. I'm sure the Browns fans are going to shoot me down now tonight. Oh, come on. Wise up. Are you serious? Are you serious? Are you? You said you watched it. Oh, you watched the highlights. I don't know what highlights you're on. Like, 
every dog can have his day, like woof woof, go brownies, etc. But no. he's I know where uh, fairness good. Richard Graves, he called out his board of play calling. Bayfield for me is they're gonna end up in a, they're gonna end up in the golf situation. You're gonna pay him the money two or three years' time, they're gonna be on what do we pay that man for? If you went back to the Tet draft, would you say he's the number one pick in the draft right now? Ahead of Lamar Jackson? Ahead of who else went in that draft? Go on, call them out. I Lamar think, Jackson, look, Sam I'm, not gonna start calling, I'm not going to start calling names. I think like, his, his, his ceilings class, his potential is unreal. If it was me, I'd pay him. It must be the ceiling in the bedroom that you're, you're talking about. Would you take him, like, I mean, I'd take him in Denver. I think he'd walk into New York as well. I, I'd love Baker Mayfield in my team. I think he, the fight... No. His potential is unreal, boys. And his, you know, he's got what 10, 12 years left in this league. He'll get a big contract. The Browns will go close, if not win it. Over he will consume years, so opinion. much of the cap. The Browns won't be able to do anything in three or four years' time. They're like they're Mahomes. Look at the players. That, how did the Chiefs do it every year? They still pay him. Are you, are you, you're questioning Mahomes now, are you? Like, I'm not questioning that. I'm, I'm just talking like it's the same financial situation. I'm just. But the Chiefs have found ways to reconstruct contracts. I'm just saying. And anyway, the Browns actually, are the same. I, I think it's look, I think probably it's it's a situation where there there are questions. The Browns obviously wanted to hang on to see. The fact that they didn't do the contract in the way that the Bills looked to pony up immediately, I think to me tells me their concerns. But I think given the history of the Browns, they probably will. I don't think he'll end up in the golf situation because we'll probably get to the, the Lions and, and, and golf is, he's he's an albatross around the team's neck. I don't think Baker is that, but I would, I definitely have, if you look around the AFC and you look around, um, you know, what, what players and what teams are going to have to do over the next decade, right? Um, in order to, to make the playoffs and make their way through um, the AFC championship, it would be a concern definitely for, for the Browns that they don't have, that he's not at the same level as a Mahomes, a Herbert, a Lamar Jackson, a Josh okay. Allen. But guys, yeah, guys this, this isn't this this isn't about the Browns. I mean, Mayfield was drafted ahead of Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, who are the other QBs drafted in the top ten in twenty eighteen. I think they made the right decision in that regard. Just let's be fair. And we're talking about an albatross around the neck, and the Eagles aren't doing very well. But one set of birdies that are doing very well, of course, is the Arizona Cardinals, and they deserve much more of the focus of the Browns. If you're a Browns fan. The Hail Mary at the end of the first half is the only highlight, really, from that entire game. Other than that, it's about a more conjoined defensive effort from the Cardinals uh, than we've seen in some recent weeks, and Kyler Murray doing Kyler Murray things. Four touchdowns. He's still, for me, I know you mentioned Lamar, Colin, but I've got Kyler way out in front still in terms of the MVP race. Um, he, he only ran for six, he only ran, you know for we're so used to seeing him running for four to fifty yards and he only ran for six yards yesterday because it, well they didn't need to make him run and obviously he had a no. shoulder injury so they're being they're playing conservative. So I mean, like, he did more than enough, and I'll tell you who did also did more than enough. Wasn't it when we had a key to leave? I was trying to remember this. Didn't he say that his biggest the the biggest receiver? And we asked him about the one he hated going against, and he called out uh, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins. Then wasn't it because he said. DeAndre Hopkins had it all. He had the speed, he had the agility, he had the downfield threat, he was a big guy. He basically had all the skill set. If you ever wanted a depiction of all the skill set in one play, look at what he did on third down for his touchdown yesterday. Um, a thing of beauty. Okay, it, was, sorry. It, was, it was Megatron, I think, but oh, it I, was I, 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 would, I would agree with you that Hopkins is something else. And um, there was a, a the, if people haven't seen the clip, 
Um, there was a phenomenal kind of uh, camera shot of him yesterday, and he jukes two two guys and, and makes them miss. He's a he's a unbelievable player. Well, um, I'm kind of getting away from this game, but you know, yesterday when we were discussing uh, potential new uh, head coaches for the Broncos in the future, and you're saying potential. Ah, come on, come on, what's going on? AOB, let's not talk about the Broncos. No, 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 because no, because it relates to this game. You, you're talking about potentially like a, an up and coming coordinator that potentially could move into a head coaching position or back into a head coaching position. Well, Vance Joseph took the game yesterday as the head coach. Right. He's so that's him off. You know, he, he could be in the mix for the Broncos. Again, Man, you want to stay on the show, Brent? You want to stay on the Could be an opening in New York as well. Oh, well, we'll come to that because I tell you, the, the judgment is changing for the judge, man. <laughs> ah, no, 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 you can't. Oh, the nights are out today. The nights are out today. Well, what, do you, what I mean, we're talking about games being over early and the Ravens, Ram, uh, Ravens Chargers being a game. That Giants Rams game. I mean, again, I was on the train with Brian Leary looking at some of this on Game Pass. Yeah. Um, God, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't. Can pretty. we talk about something else very quickly? Go first? On, sorry, go on, sorry. Guys, we didn't jinx them. I'm delighted for them. Um, you know. <laughs> it's been a long, long weekend. Seriously. Um, Bengals win 34-11. Right, uh, 34-11 Bengals. Big shout out to Tip. Tippity, tippity, tip. And also the Bengals UK lads had a massive meetup in London last night. They had a good yeah. game column to watch. Uh, have we anything to say about the Bengals? Obviously playing the Lions, but uh, a good a good win for them. Yeah, great win. Um, you you beat you beat the Lions by by twenty three. You go to um, four and two. The fact that those losses have been on field goals. Um, the fact that Joe Burrow's on pace for an almost forty touchdown season. Um, the fact that Jamar Chase looks fantastic and that your big free agency acquisition, Hendrickson, is going and getting you sacks. Um, I mean, they were so good yesterday that Dan Campbell threw one of his own players uh, under the under the bus. That's how dominant uh, the Bengals were. Um, it's good good to see. Uh, I, I, I suppose right now um, the there are three teams tied behind the Jets. The Jets aren't going to the playoffs. There are three teams tied behind them for the, the longest route. The, the Broncos, who are not going to the playoffs. The Cards, who are going to the playoffs. Um, and the Bengals are in with a, a real opportunity. Interested to see what they do over the course of the rest of the season. Broncos, well, I'm back in with the Bengals fans. I mean, they're good books because I apologize just more for, for slating them over the, the chase uh, picking the draft. And I called out on Saturday night at the show that Zach Taylor's the coach of the year. So I saw that result coming yesterday because... The Lions would have had a few unfortunate defeats, but I, I thought it'd be a comfortable day for Borough. Someone yeah. else didn't. And he, you you, you might be at the doghouse, Brian. I think I'm definitely in the doghouse or the, the cat house with the Bengals fans. Um, you know, the, the reality is, and I'll call it, I mean, the Bengals are four and two. They're performing fantastically. Yesterday, I had picked the Lions to win the game. Sometimes it's not about you. Like, I mean, we've all been in that situation where we say, hey, it's not me, it's you. Or it's not you, it's me. Sometimes it's better to say the first way around. Um, but for me, I wasn't picking the Lions based on the Bengals necessarily. I was picking the Lions based on it was a home game. They're staring down the barrel of a long list of you know tight defeats. They were playing tough. They you know their coach doesn't want to go in sixteen like he does as a player. And just having a feeling that this was going to be 
the moment because there is this is the NFL, guys, and it is any given Sunday. Of course, logic dictated the Bengals should and would win. They have by far the superior quarterback. Joe Burrow continues. Week one, he was looking a bit jumpy, but obviously he settled down and he continues to show the talent that he displayed in his rookie season in his recovery back from his knee injury, which is great to see. You know, I'm going to give up talking about the Saul Chase decision because, frankly, it's done. And even now, if Joe Burrow was to be injured because his offensive line didn't protect him, I'm hardly going to turn around and say, well, yeah, I told you so. You should have picked a tackle to protect them. It's, it's a bit pointless. We'll just admire Jamar Chase for who he is. Bengals fans, I'm sorry for picking against you. I should never doubt you. I should never have made such a stupid mistake. However, it's not like I picked the Texans to win or something dumb like that. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just going to pretend my Wi-Fi wasn't working, but it didn't work. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Texans didn't win, and I was showing up for a complete idiot yesterday. Really bad. I wouldn't go that far. Really bad. No, it was bad. No, it was bad. But remember, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about the Giants next, and I've been yeah. at it in videos for the last three minutes, so God knows what I'm going to put on. So slicing let's dice get through this quick very quickly. Slicing and dicing, as they say. The Colts, look, the Colts... I said on the show yesterday that the Colts lost a, a terrible game last Monday night, but it was their best performance of the season. And they put a beat down on the Texans yesterday. And look, they're going into San Francisco this weekend, and it looks like Jimmy G is going to be back, and Colin will be delighted with that. But it makes that game, in my opinion, all more difficult for them. But they do have a stretch of games that could potentially put them back in a work hard race. And like the Colts are still a good team, just been very unfortunate. And, Giving up that lead last Monday against, albeit a good Ravens side, it was good to see them reacting the way because they could have went out yesterday and won by a touchdown or a, a field goal against a poor Texans team, but they didn't. They went out and proved that they're by far a much better team, a team that should be challenging at least for a wild card. Yeah, yes. and for, you know their their kind of um, I suppose improvement has also coincided with mm, using Jonathan Taylor. Who 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 the thunk that might have worked? Average ten over ten yards a carry yesterday. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal makes life so much easier for uh, Carson Wentz. Um, look, Frank Reich we know is a very very good head coach. Um, Brian said on the show yesterday um, they could make a playoff push. It is going to be fascinating uh, to see how how they do over kind of the next five games. Um, obviously with that uh, Wentz uh, decision to be made. So that's one to keep an eye on as we move towards kind of um, week 10 and 11. Any yeah, I'm just going to say preach, Colm, preach. You know, Jonathan Taylor, 14 carries, 145 yards with two TDs. I mean, as he's just said, over 10 yards a carry. Shock. What an amazing way to call a game and win a game. Um, you know, Colts won it, walking away, well-deserved. You know, keep keep plowing on. Maybe you've still got a chance in that division because the Titans aren't blowing people away just yet. A-O-B. Let's start with the Giants. Last night, I found a video, which I'm amazed nobody sent me during the week, of Joe Judge, who said that Daniel Jones wasn't practicing. Have you seen this, Brian? Wasn't practicing. Yeah, it was all a nonsense. Ah, I know you're, oh, you're oh, going to oh, say he didn't. Right He's in meetings, he can participate in meetings, he can be out of practice, watch, stay behind, things of that nature. That's all he has. He's got his pads. Hey, Joe. <laughs> 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 was, was that a setup? Was that a setup? Are you, am I crazy? Or... I don't know when it's a setup. Most people think it was a setup, you know. He was always going to play. He'd already passed three to five protocols at that stage. 
So the, the next one wasn't for him to be on the field the following day. He was on the field that day. Like, There's a comment in Brian from Fred Flunk. Brian, how long do you give the Giants coach? Well, it's a fair question. I think it's a fair question today because um, up to now, I know we got one beat down last year against the 49ers, but I made the point in the show yesterday morning, and I've been made it for quite a while, that he's been keeping the Giants very competitive in a lot of games. But yesterday's game was a bit demoralizing and more so. Look, we're playing against a team that potentially could go to Super Bowl. So you never you never thought you were genuinely you're going to win the game. It was more so to see the lack of effort from a lot of players in the second half. And he has called that out to, to a large part today in his, in his day after press conference. It's going to be addressed. But the reality is when you see things like that happening so early in the season, it's clear then the coaches and getting through to the players. And these players aren't players like young rookies who are naive. These players are you know, been in the league a while. So when they start to, when they start to eat pizzas instead of working on the boys, game, look, boys, boys, you have a drink on it. I, I haven't eaten. Like, I mean, I'm starving. You saw yesterday. I'm just, I'm just trying to stay awake, man. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I look at Mark, when Mark eats, I, I get hungry. You know, that's the way this weekend played out. But uh, look, no, look, the point being, it concerns me. I know we're playing against a really good side, but when you see players giving up on players and, and making a lack of effort, that's, troubling for any coach because i feel he he deserves better because he's i think he's a he is a good coach and you know long term i still think he's the right man for the job but you know when things like that happen and this game you don't be around for long unfortunately when you end up with records of only three or four wins in two years and you know on a team so so michael just don't want to throw it out there i apologize anybody watching i have to wait i'm absolutely starving the recovery from london is what i'm blaming all on but I'm going to throw it over you boys and to anybody who wants to add their comments on social. Who's the next coach to get fired? This season? You think there's someone going to go This season, I mean, John Gruden wouldn't have been the first name we would have picked a couple of weeks ago, let's be fair. But who's next? Joe Judge. It never happened. The Mars wouldn't do that. They're just, that's not the way to do business. No, okay. I'm going to say Brian Flores. Flores could well be. I mean, the the thing about the the, the situation with the Dolphins is that they are a, um, a Damian Harris um, fumble uh, away from being zero and six, um, and um, that's that's something to to con consider there. Uh, I, I I'm getting confused with my almost almost getting confused with my my Patriots names uh, tonight because uh, I called. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck, uh, Matt Castle earlier, uh, but no, it was Damian Harris with the uh, with with the fumble. Uh, yeah, it, it potentially. Um, the thing about it, though, Mark, is it so rarely makes a difference in the NFL um, to, to to change a coach, um, other than if, if you want to make a point that results are not acceptable, and you're looking to set a, the culture from the ownership perspective. Um, but changing a coach mid-season, because um, I, I was looking at, at it uh, earlier, unsurprisingly, um, it just doesn't it doesn't do a whole lot for you. There are there are very very few um, coaches who've come in um, and had a better record uh, after after a mid-season replacement, uh, or who've even hung around to be you know anything other than an interim placeholder. Okay. Are we going to talk I'm about not, the interim? I'm, are we going to talk about the interim head coach that had a win yesterday? Or are we, are we leaving that on the side? Uh, I was actually going to say just exactly the decision because I can hit the button and take people off the show. Can we talk about that on Thursday? Because I'd like us to have sponsors tomorrow morning. 
Is that all right? I, I think I think Michael might swear a few times if no. we bring up that particular I, game. Fantastic yeah. performance from the Raiders yesterday. Interim coach getting the win. They've clearly regrouped. Fair, fair play. They've done very well. They have. They, have, they genuinely have. Max, Max Crosby had 14 pressures himself. Yeah. The Broncos had 12. Um, they, look, I, I'm not. I'm beyond the point of even being angry because it's no surprise. Like, this has been Big Fangio. What the first thing Big Fangio did when he walked into Denver was criticize Von Miller, um, and that he could do more. That was like Mick McCarthy criticizing uh, Dennis Irwin. Uh, how did both of those tenures end? Um, rem remind me. So, um, kudos to to the Raiders, the Broncos. It's like uh, Groundhog Day. Um, once again, I'll make the point. Only the Jets have been worse, uh, worse offensively since 2017. Mark, can I just quickly say, Mark, very, just very, just very quickly on this. Um, just such a waste of talent. The talent was wasted from the second that the snap was uh, was done in 20 in September 2016 against the Panthers on 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 the kickoff of the season when they had Trevor Simeon starting. Uh, it's been a waste of talent. Um, every asset depreciates. And the window is is long gone, and it's it's a sad state of affairs because with a good quarterback, this team could have challenged for a couple more years, and it's it's sad to see. Um, it's not surprising, and of course, a, a great game on Thursday night. But you know what, Brian has given me hope about Baker Mayfield. So who knows? I kind of sorry, I do I do agree with you. I, like I picked the Broncos yesterday, and I picked them last week because I feel they are a good team, but unfortunately, the quarterback situation is is not right. And now I don't know if there's any truth in it because you don't know better than than me, but. And we're going to see it across the league now. The, the trade deadline is coming up on November the 2nd, I believe. And Von Miller's name is already starting to crop up on a number of reports today. It's been happening for the last two years. Like the last two years, there's been talk of guys going. It's like, oh, no, no, we'll not do that there. And you're, and you're talking about, um, you know, people getting fired. They'll not fire big fans. You, the Broncos won't do that there. So, yeah, well, that's because yeah. they're a similar type. Alexander Johnson's out for the season as well. So, yeah, but good. Michael, the, firing, the reason I also bring up Flores's name. Is Stephen Ross, and I like Brian Flores. I think he's a great coach, actually. I mean, do great things in the Patriots, and I, I think he he deserves to be a head coach in this league, to be very frank. But Stephen Ross is not exactly known for his patience and his calm and sensitive understanding of the ways of things. In contrast, in the Denver situation, Big Fancy doesn't really have a proper ownership group still enabled, so it's less easy to take decisions against him in that regard. Anyway, I know we're doing a bit of AOB, so just to cover off other games a little bit, uh, the Chiefs-Washington game deserves acknowledgement, if only for the fact it was the biggest Jekyll and Hyde performance I think I've seen all season. First half, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs didn't know what had hit them. The worst interception possibly I've ever seen in my life, let alone in the NFL season this far. And in the second half, it was like, okay, now we got to get serious, 21-zip. Uh, and blew the Washington football team out of the water in the end. Um, it, that team still isn't right. They've got a lot of flaws and a lot of problems. Patrick Mahomes already thrown for eight interceptions, which is more than in his last two seasons, and we're only through six games. But they've so much talent. A little bit like the Denver situation you're saying about the talent around them, that it just still feels like they'll get right. And let's face it, they are still only one game out of the division lead as well, having equaled off at three and three uh, with the Chargers loss. I would say, like, I mean, obviously like, the Chiefs have got a lot more talent than that. Like, the Broncos had a lot of talent. They had a lot more. They, they, they had very good talent. They have great talent, good talent, and now they're, they're sort of, it's over. But I think the Chiefs are laughing, you know. That, that, that's that's one team done already. Um, 
the, the concern for for the league and the division in particular at three and three and only being one game behind the Raiders and the Chargers. If the Chiefs do address the situation and can get it right, you know they, they were, they're the kind of team that can go on a massive run. We know they can do it. So be interesting to see how they go. And they've got the Titans. I know we're going to discuss the Titans Bills game, but they're actually in Tennessee next weekend, which is which is still be a difficult game, you know. Yeah, and, and, and they have yeah. they have teams like the Packers to come, the Cardinals to come, yeah. the Raiders twice. Um, they've got to play the Bengals. Bengals fans, please forgive me. You know, so there are there are plenty of games on their calendar and their uh, you know schedule this year that they can still lose. And you know, uh, eleven and six or ten and seven is within the realms very much of uh, possibility. Might still be not good enough for a wild card, obviously, but you know. It depends on how right they get it or if they're going to get consider, continue this spluttering form. Let's uh, just let's look ahead to Monday Night Football. just want to say one thing. Somebody mentioned Big Banji there and the, and the ownership situation. Nah, not having it, lads. Like, it's not good enough, regardless. Five years. Like, yeah. I'm lucky that I still have the same amount of hair on my head in the last five years, but I've got more wrinkles and I'm not putting up anymore. And, you know, people aren't going to accept it anymore. So people will turn off and they'll watch something else because it's embarrassing and you're going there next month column so i'm sure you'll relay those thoughts uh, um michael just before we move on to the monday football only game we didn't touch on i think vikings panthers 34 28 um wild one there in relation to things as well um but just wanted to throw it out to the guys as well to maybe comment on that one briefly well, if, if I'm the, the Panthers, your your big concern is is run CMC. Um, in a, I saw a stat today. In his first 49 NFL games, he he played 49 games. In his 20 next 24, he played six. That's a huge concern. Um, they've got to they've got to get him fit and keep him fit. The Vikings, like the Vikings, are such a strange team. Like we. They've had so many games this season where they've lost, you know, and they they could have easily won. And yesterday was the kind of game, having missed the field goal at the end and gone into overtime, you thought, you know, maybe this is going to go against them, but unfortunately they got the win. They look like they're moving in the right direction. To be honest, they're the only team that can probably challenge, with all due respect, to the Packers in the division. But Packers have a two-game lead. It's hard to see how anybody's going to pull that. I'm back. picking the Vikings, Brian. I said it in your golf. I'm going to I'm gonna keep well, It's going to be a hard push. I don't even like play each other yet, but like I'm not sure when they're playing each other, but... The but Michael, it was again. It was the only thing I have on this game. It was again another game where, if you looked at the stat sheet afterwards, you would have questioned. And the, you know, how was it so close? I mean, Cousins threw for three hundred seventy-three yards and three TDs with no picks. You know, they say about let Russ cook, let Dalvin cook. You know, twenty-nine rushes for one hundred and forty. Well, something going on. What was that? Um, what was that? There was a bit of uh, classical music in the background just to keep you entertained. Um, but anyway, sorry. So Dalvin Cook's performing. And you look at Sam Darnold's stat line. You know, uh, Colin's rightly worried about uh, run CMC in terms of getting on the field. I'm starting, you have to worry about Sam Darnold being on the field. 17 passes completed on 41 attempts, an average of five yards with only 200 yards of pursuit. Like, that ain't going to get it done. And we can take about good Sam Darnold, bad Sam Darnold, young Sam Darnold, younger Sam Darnold. Um, Unfortunately, we're still seeing the same quarterback with the same foibles and flaws that exist. Absolutely, and look, it's been it's been great chatting about week six tonight. Um, really enjoyed it, boys. Apart from talking about my own team, great crack in London. It's now time to get down to the business part. I'm gonna need to get Mark 
and Brian will move over just, just, just a touch. Leave that pizza for a second, Mark, and let's get into the business. Big picks tonight. We've got the pepperoni against the ham and pineapple, Mark. <laughs> in the, in the no, not, no. I thought that would be funnier than what it truly was. Uh, yeah, Who would so... put pineapple on a pizza, Michael? That's an abomination. Okay, okay fair, fair, fair enough. We got one comment before we do that. If gamer guys, if the Seahawks continue to lose, do you think Ken Norton Jr. or Pete Carl could be in trouble at the end of the season? I heard Pete wants to run it more with Penny being back from IR. I think I think this is I think this is Pete Carl's last year in Seattle. Um, I think the Seahawks are going to finish fourth. I know it's not going their way with with Russell Wilson, but I thought that at the start of the year. I think the window's closed for Seattle. I think the season it could uh, window could be closing this season because of the nature of how long Wilson is due to be out. But in fairness to them, having been fourteen nil down last night in Pittsburgh, that's the kind of game for most teams that they would lose interest and Pittsburgh would have a comfortable night. But they came back. I mean, the game went to overtime, and I know Gino fumbles the ball and gives the game essentially to the Steelers. But there was a moment in that game where Devontae Adams, not Devontae Adams, Jamal Adams had a, a really you know, I wouldn't say easy interception, but you know, it's one he should be doing. At the, for a guy who's come out, you know, to get out of Jets and make sure he's the best, one of the best players in the league, he's been hosed in Seattle since he's gone there. And he was that, that interception last night wins the game for him. So, look, they'll probably still be very competitive because I still think Carroll's the kind of coach that will get performances. But the quarterback thing is the drop off to Geno Smith is too much for them to really make a push for the playoffs. Uh, that was that was the same Jamal Adams who last week introduced himself on the TV broadcast as yeah. the best in the nation. Yeah. yeah, highest and most expensive safety. When you say things like that, you know what's coming. Yeah, he's Indeed. he's got he's got to perform more than that. Have you done that call? Are you happy enough? And no, I think it's um, pretty much being uh, co- covered off on um, with the with the three elads. Happy days, happy days. Well, good I'm game, sorry about Good game, man. Sorry about the peace situation. We'll get back to the real football talk, boys. In all it's been a hard weekend. I'm exhausted. We're all exhausted. Titans three and two, Bills four and one. It's it's. I wish this game was at nine o'clock on a Sunday, and I wish I had a duvet and a cup of tea, and I was sitting eating a packet of Banshee bones, boys, week before Halloween and stuff, having a bit of crack. But uh, no, late night tonight. We're all going to sit up and watch it, obviously as well. It's on Channel Five in the north and manually on sky and on nfl game pass uh titans bills column who you got man i i think um if if i'm the the titans i have huge concerns about how frequently Tannehill has been sacked um because the whatever about um the cards in in week one in chandra jones having um, just this monstrous game and sometimes, you know, a player just catches fire. The Jets um, caused um, all sorts of problems. Um, and so, you know, when, there's clearly a, a weakness there if, um, you know, when when it gets taken advantage of a number of occasions. And the, the Bills look to address the pass rush in the offseason. I think they did a, a, a pretty good, job on it in, in terms of the the way they were able to then not blitz uh the chiefs but still get pressure on Mahomes um and and confuse him um by keeping the the guys covered we know their their offense um you know Josh Allen is cooking and 
for me, I, I think that's going to continue. I just think they'll, they're going to have a little bit too much. Um, I'm sure Variable is going to look to to want a, a response. and um, But I think the, the Titans are, are still probably a, a little beat up. It might get better as the, the season goes on, as Julio kind of settles in. But I think the the Bills have looked very impressive. I expect them to, to keep cooking. And um, for me, they're going to win tonight. The Bills' defense has been really impressive this season. You know, it was probably one of the question marks last year that they weren't as consistent as they should be, and they were poor against the run game, and they've greatly improved. But I would suggest that they haven't played anybody who has the attributes and players in which the Titans do. And Brown, the wide receiver, I know, I know, Colin's touched on there. It's a fair point that they may not be fully fit, but they're both going to play tonight in terms of Julio Jones and Brown and Derrick Henry's there. So there's going to be a right balance, and when that balance is there for the Titans, they tend to do put up high points. And maybe this is the one in which we'll see, and everybody's expecting the Bills to win, put up these 30 odd points, and they might do, I say, a high scoring game. But I'm going to go against the trend here. I think when the Titans look like they're gashed, they find a way to win. They went into Seattle and look, we were all raving about Seahawks and felt they would win that game. They came back in the second half. And for me, it's going to be a high scoring game. And I'm just going with the shock. I'm going with the Titans. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, this is a you know reminiscent of obviously a couple of playoff matchups in recent times and you know um titans and ravens um is usually more fun but Titans have played the bills uh also and it's going to boil down we know it already we know it's going to boil down to derrick henry and we know it's going to boil down to josh allen and the uh bills receiving uh, attack the reality is there's a few things that people tend to overlook i mean um what was it actually sorry i should have given you a stat on the cowboys pats games the cowboys put up 567 yards last night in the pats which is more than in any other game against bill better check in his entire career and every time i look at this game i can only see the bills continuing to exploit a poor titan secondary and continuing to exploit it and continuing to exploit it um we are I tried to look at this from the point of view of takeaways and I went well maybe the Titans can you know generate some takeaways actually the league leader in takeaways is the Bills defense and it isn't the Titans um you know Josh Allen has been a role in the last couple of weeks they have no issue in playing and they're getting more and more used to playing the bigger stage games of course the Titans might get a monumental performance from Derrick Henry they load everything up Bill's defense goes to sleep and forgets that Ryan Tannehill can also throw the ball and can also run with the ball, and they spring the shock. They've done it before. They could easily do it again. But for my money, I just can't see this Bill's offense being slowed down, and therefore I'm going on the Bills tonight. Sorry, Michael, I know you're going to make your pick. Um, another point. Um, these, play, these two played each other last year, and it was one of the games that got moved because of COVID. I recall they kicked off at midnight hour time, which was a nice convenient time for most of us to watch a game late at night. And everybody expected the Bills, who were high-flying at the time, to go in and put a beat down on, on the Titans. And t- Titans, in fact, ended up giving the, the Bills the beat down, which is it just has that kind of familiarity that every, everybody's expecting the Bills to win. And uh, I saw the comment come in on our social page there from the Irish Titans. Thanks yes, very much, guys. So I'm really building up a good network this weekend, apologising to Bengals fans and now the Titans, because the Titans have been bashing me for a couple of years as well. So it's good to see I'm welcome in Cork again. I might go into Trabalgan again with the kids. They might cover me hotel costs. Happy days. Will Michael be on a seven-hour journey down to Cork at some point this season with the lads? Let's find out soon enough. 
who knows what can happen? A few weeks rest first, boys. A few weeks rest first. Derek Henry's not going to rush for any more than 40 yards tonight, boys. It's happening. Is there. Yeah. <laughs> I think Josh Allen will throw the three touchdown passes and they'll get the run game going. And Jim Belfast Kelly's Buffalo Bills will get the win on Monday. Where, where, yeah, the, where the bookie is setting the line for Derek Henry at 97 yards. Sorry, Colin, I know we, we had a good chat about how we're bringing it into this world of understanding gambling lines. Essentially, what they're saying is 97 is the line. Is he going to run for over 97 or under 97? And, and Michael's giving the bookies a spare 50 yards there. He says he's not going to run for over 40. We'll see. Did our bet come up in Matchbook? It did. Right. Yes. Take the money on Matchbook right now put it on the under tonight derrick henry is not getting any more than that 90 yards can we just very quickly uh give a big shout out as well to keith yeah big uh, yeah keith yeah keith. there he is there he is there's a few fine looking lads there boys freshly faced six and a half hours before a live show now that, that, that's that's a line we're joking pleasure keith to meet smiling you. then and then unfortunately he wasn't smiling yesterday afternoon he even made that point on his uh on his message tonight I thought you were going to so put the photograph of me getting the uh, horse collar for 15 yards in the photograph. <laughs> I've literally, I've only got this one at the minute, but if you oh. zoom in there, you, you, are, you are getting the horse collar. I'm sorry, Brian. I should have prepared more on, on the editing. Oh, no, front. Joke, uh, I, uh, I will do better on Thursday night when sorry, the Denver Broncos I've got, I've got are got playing. I've got another point to right. make, and uh, I actually, in fairness, a friend of mine just reminded me. Um, Cam is fully vaccinated, and myself and Colin had a chat with a Bengals fan yesterday. Cam is now fully vaccinated and he's talking to the Seahawks. So, potentially, Gino will only play for a couple of games and they might give Cam a shot. Interesting. Sorry, he'd be an improvement on Gino Smith. It wouldn't be hard. Yeah. I think although, Gino deserves a shot. Although, at another point, sorry, what was the story with those two guys at half-time yesterday? I mean, remember, they brought two guys in off the street to throw a few footballs in a hole that was five yards away and they couldn't, not one of them could manage to put it through. I mean, it's like the guys never even taught American football before. Anyway, I thought they done well to themselves. It's, it's. I mean, it's not easy to stand in front of sixty thousand people and uh, and do that. There, thank you for the reminder. There, obviously, a massive thanks to everybody, just for this weekend in terms of anybody that stopped us on the street on Sunday and said hello to us. Never mind that there, but even uh, the show on Saturday night, great crack boys, uh, the NFL for the hookup in terms of the game, the, the game day experience and. Just a just fantastic weekend, boys. It made the late nights and, and, and the very, very early mornings worth it. Uh, Sunday Night Football was still happening when I woke up this morning. I, I, I'm paying this. Yes, Steelers got the, the win there, um, which we, we haven't really talked about. And, and TJ came up big time. He got his contract, but, you know, he's continued to, to make big plays. Sometimes we obviously see guys get big, big deals, and all of a sudden um, they start making business decisions. Um, not, not TJ and um the the Steelers after looking so um you know uh, all at sea um suddenly have two wins under their their belt um and some breaking news that I just saw is uh MRI has confirmed that Dak has a calf strain um before she has that bye week to try to to get ready but obviously um given how well he's playing I I imagine they're going to want to to wrap him in cotton wool but I think their next game is away to the Vikings um so they're going to want to have him around for that yeah I think that division is going to be sound up very I said it last week that division is going to be over by Thanksgiving 
Um, point final point for the weekend. Look, it's two weekends, I suppose, in a sense. You know, we saw two really good games and haven't had no games last year. Um, it was great to have them back. And despite the, the records of the teams, we were entertained to two really good games. And what's the appetite for next year? But for now, we'll just have to go back to our red zone and our game pass and our Sky Sports coverage, you know. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned about Dak. Dallas already has a three-game lead in that division. Um, obviously, the Bills can match that tonight. If they do handle their business against the Titans, they'll also have a three-game lead in the AFC East. We have two AFC divisions that have everyone above 500 or above, which is a, an interesting sake of parity. And obviously, the, the rails about wild cards might get interesting in the AFC in particular. Um, but for me, the big takeaway of the weekend is Mike Gazicki is huge. Like he's, a big boy, he's massive. He's his hands are like meat cleavers. He came to the post game conference, and I was like, I turned to Brian, I was just like, oh my god, he's he's enormous. We saw him at the airport again. Then I was just like, you know, he's unreal. It's almost unfair that he's uh, um, that fast and that big in, in that many ways. And they had a great game in London. He's nearly yeah. as tall as he's nearly as tall as Mark. No, he's taller, man. He's he's just he's uh, immense. I mean, what one guy who is who is taller than Mark? Uh, D, DK Metcalf, uh, him and Shannon Sharp going at it on Twitter all day today. We didn't see that a, a bit of fun, but in the end, uh, DK put up his hands and said, You know what, Shannon? I do pray my resume matches up to, to yours. So, all happy families in the in the NFL at the end of the day. I'm actually taller than DK Metcalf, Colin, but I'll leave that one guy. He he's wider than the four of us standing in a line that Colin, one I'll give you, absolutely when you say they're back in the happy world of NFL or more so someone from the PR team finally got on to him and told him to shut up well or, or uh, he actually look, looked up Shannon's stats and went yeah. Oh. oh yeah um, it's, it's, it's been a, cra- a crazy few days uh, it's, just, it's, been, it's been a long day we we got through it, boys. I want to thank you all for for being here tonight. I want to thank the over twelve hundred people that watched this live. Massively appreciate everyone here. Thank Trust Gaming. Thank uh, Mossbrook Betting Exchange, and also check out our pin tweet for a chance to win a gaming a headset, a gaming chair, and a subscription to NFL Game Pass. With thanks to Trust Gaming, uh, and also with thanks to Gamer Store. That's open until October the 30th. You can retweet any show for a chance to win. As far as I know, as long as you're on the island of Ireland, you have a chance of winning. Uh, We'll be back on Thursday night when the Denver Broncos will travel to Cleveland and they may stop off and eat somewhere uh, and then they'll they'll, they'll go to a game. And and we'll talk about that then. They're playing against the the bust quarterback. Busted quarterback. But for now, gentlemen, from Michael McQuaid, from Colin Cronin, from Brian O'Leary, and from David Duval. It's a good night from all of us. Good night. Duval! So here in Duval. Yeah. Mr. Cockerell, Mark, welcome in, my friend. You're here, you've made it. Duval, Duval. Duval, David Duval, who played golf. Jaguars, Jaguars. Duval.